Thank you for downloading Hebron, Oklahoma's podcast. You can find out more about us on our website at hebronok.org. Now, here is our latest episode from the sermon series based on the Acts of the Apostles. Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him going to heaven. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Um, in the uh, in this time of separation and uh, uh, that we're spending time in our homes uh, together, uh, that we can take this time apart to spend time in the presence of God. And I'm going to touch on some of that. Uh, let me uh, uh, let me turn your attention to Acts chapter two, which we're going to continue, verse forty, and then I'm going to read. Well, I'm just going to read verse 40 to 47, so if you'll bear with me. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. And the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together and had all things common, and sold their possessions and goods, and parted them to all men, as every man had need." And they continually, uh, continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church continually such as should be saved. Praise God. I'm going to continue in our study of Acts chapter 2. And as just, if you remember, Justin started uh, a part of this topic last week, and when he spoke about uh, the attributes of the Holy Spirit and the works of the Holy Spirit, I'm going to continue that a little bit, but I want to turn your attention to this passage first and say, this is the end of uh, Peter's message when people asked uh, him, okay, what should we be uh, doing uh, because of the message that they had just heard? And and he and the people, 3,000 people were added to the church at that time. And the end of that message, first he said, save yourselves from this untoward generation. And then it goes on to describe some attributes of the church at that time, of the early Christians that were so powerful that when you read it today, we may, might wonder, do the church look like that today? Right? And so the first point that you had to think about is in the exhortation that Peter said, save yourself 
from this untoward generation. When you think about that, and we often hear that uh, kind of phrasing, but really what he's, uh, when you look underneath the surface, what he's really talking about is extricating yourself from the worldly systems and worldly ways of thinking. And kind of setting yourself apart, that means the way you're leading your life, the way you're running a race, and the way you're living your life as a Christian is with an eye towards something other than what the people of the world are focused on. And that, whatever that something other is, which I'll get to in a minute, is what would allow, let you to reorder your lives on this earth such that it will manifest in the way that is described about the first century church. So because we wonder, how can we be like the first century church? And my answer is, you can't just force that to happen. But when there's an inward change and a change in perspective, that happens organically and automatically. But that that the philosophy or the thinking has to be based on save yourself from this untoward generation. Now, what does that mean? Uh, let us turn to uh, Hebrews chapter 11. Well, I'm going to read uh, Hebrews chapter 11, uh, verse 8 through 10, and then I'm going to read 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17 and 18. Hebrews chapter 11, 8 through 10. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place where which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed and went out, not knowing whither he went. By faith, he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which had foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Now turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17 and 18. Now the Lord is that spirit. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we will, with open face, beholding as in a glass, the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the spirit of the Lord. Okay, so remember that verse. I'm going to come back to it. But let's talk about Abraham, what we read. This is talking about a giant of the faith, even amongst the other giants of the faith mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11. It's talking about the person that is named the father of faith. But how did that happen? When what he did was he reordered his life. He changed the purpose of his life. He changed his perspective when he heard the voice of God. And he heard that directly from God. He heard God telling him directly, leave your father's house and go. He didn't wait to ask him, where should I go? He just left. Now imagine if you did that, right? One day uh, you pack up everything and you're just leaving in your car. People around you might think, okay, um, are you okay? What's going on in your life? Are you depressed? Um, are you going through some troubles? No, Abraham heard the voice of God in his secret place. His ears were tuned to hear the voice of God. So, as we uh, Finian read earlier, he that dwells in where? 
the secret place of the Most High. All the promises in Psalm 91 is for those who live in the dwell, not stay, but dwell. Dwell means it's a continual, continual abiding, a continual habitation in the secret place of the Most High. That means where you find a refuge where you uh, most often revert to, right? You might temporarily go to other things, but you always come back to the secret place of the Most High. So when Abraham was in that secret place, he heard the voice of God telling him to do certain things. And so because of that, even though he had great wealth, you know, people, I hear a lot of prosperity preachers uh, preaching about the wealth of Abraham, but he himself did not really care about it, right? He dwelt in tents, it says Isaac and Jacob, that means his grandchildren lived with him along in tabernacles, in a temporary place, because that did not matter to him. His focus was on something that he had heard from God about a better place that he should look forward to. And now get this, he did not receive that while he was alive on this earth. Now that is incredible. You mean he lived in tents, went through all this trouble, lived like a pauper, even though he had all these resources, and he did not do all these things to not even get what he was supposed to get while he was alive? Now we're talking about somebody over 100 years old. And what made him do that? It's the same thing that made these first century apostles and disciples and first century Christians decided that I'm not going to keep my possession. I'm going to give it to people who need it. The same thing that uh, caused them to have with joy break bread with their brothers and their in, uh, one spirit having fellowship with each other is that, um, that perspective that Abraham had. He was looking for a city whose builder and maker is God. He was looking for that city. A place that was so glorious that it overshadowed, if you can put that picture back up again, that overshadowed all the wealth that he had access to, all the riches of this world. Um, if you can put that one picture back up again. That wealth, it looks like shantytown compared to what vision he had in his mind, this picture, right? So imagine all the, uh, the wonderful things that this world has to offer. It looks like this shanty town compared to the city that he saw far away and who was building who's, who was being built which was being built by God himself and that's what caused him to reorder his life to only align with what he received from God in his secret place so now if you want to ask yourself why are we not living the way or acting the way that, um, that the first century Christians we read about. Why is that? Now I'm going to take you back to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, that verse we read. Now the Lord is that spirit. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with open face, beholding as in a glass, the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the spirit of the Lord. Uh, so pause that for a second. If you look in Revelation chapter 21, it describes this great, beautiful city 
that is coming down into new, in the new earth, New Jerusalem. It is adorned for the bridegroom, and that is the church. It is a glorious building that is coming down, and is an elaborate description of all the pearls and the, uh, the precious uh, elements that are made up in that. And the truth of the matter is, you are that precious jewel in that building. And you are the glory of that building. As it says in 1 Peter, uh, I believe chapter 2, it says, you are lively stones. That means you are stones that are alive today that are meant to be bricks and stones and rocks to make up that building that is to be come down, coming down in the future. But that glory is built up in your life today. So if, the, if your life has to look like the first century Christians, it has to happen only, it has to be built and, and expanded and only in the secret place of the Most High. And for that to happen, the Spirit has to have liberty. That's what the verse he read. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Now many abuses verses say, oh, when the Spirit of the Lord is liberty, that means we can do whatever we want. Right? Does that mean that we are not anymore bound by any laws, so we are free? No. I believe this means that when the Spirit of God comes into your heart, He has to have liberty to do the work of God. To build this building that whose architect is God, whose maker is God, but the Spirit is the foreman. He is giving direction. He is, he is giving the instruction to build it into the image that God had seen before you were formed in your mother's womb. To know the, where you can be, the glory, the full glory that you were meant to have. He has to have the liberty in your life to get you to that point to give you, bring you to a, the full glory of where you're meant to be. So now, as you're given this time during this pandemic, this unprecedented time, I believe that God has given a chance, as we heard on Friday from uh, Sam, the speaker that spoke at the youth session on Friday. This is an unprecedented time, and he said he believes that this happened for a reason, for the church to wake up. To come back to its roots, the things that you had forgotten, right? We were so reliant upon the structures that we had built, like we needed to come to church together in order uh, to have that relationship with God. We thought that's what was necessary, that we needed, we needed, you know, a worship time. We needed to hear a message. Those only add to your relationship. But the primary core of your relationship is your secret time. So that, like I've said before, if you're a stranded on a, on a deserted island, the only thing you need is that secret time of prayer and a, uh, uh, in the Word of God. That's it. You don't need great men of God to speak to you about what books they've written. God, through His Spirit that He has imparted in your heart, can build you into the glorious stone that he meant to be a part of his building. The question is, are you going to give him the liberty to do the work to transform you, as it says, from glory to glory? So as you look in a glass, you see your face is not the same as it was yesterday, but tomorrow and the day after. It's changed into the image of Christ, the glory of Christ. 
And so that at that at the, at the time of the end, you are coming to the full glory of what God intended for your life. And that's where we went away. We'll talk about later how, you know, the attributes of the first century church. But we can't talk about it till we get our perspective right. Are you like Abraham to look unto the building whose maker and architect is God? Or are you focused on building yourself a successful life here? Right? So in this pandemic, we can quickly test that, right? Are you worried about, uh, you know, losing everything that you have today? And so, uh, you know, you're distraught because it shakes up your life. Yes, we naturally, as human beings, we have that fear. I'm not saying that. We, we should. But when we do, are we running to that secret place? Lord, fill me with your joy to know that I am running toward a builder and city that is made by God, not by the things, even if I lose everything in this world. I am, my trust and my hope is not in the things of this world. Right? And some of you, are only time with God is when you come to meetings. I'm talking about the adults or young people. Even now in this time, the only thing you're doing is listening message after message after message instead of shutting it down and spending time on your knees with you and God. Because God wants to speak to you directly, not through somebody else. That's where we have to come back to. Be like Abraham with a first-hand vision, not like Lot who had a second-hand vision. Because Lot chose with his eyes, but Abraham chose with his spirit. Let us come back to that time where you don't need other people to tell you what God is speaking to you in your life. You know where you're headed. And if it is the same spirit that's speaking to each one of us, and that, that can only happen in the secret place. Shut down all the distractions. You cannot get this time back again. Where the, uh, you, you're completely locked down in your house, where you can focus on the coming back to the things that God had uh, meant for your life. So I'm going to give you a quick illustration. It's going to be hard to do with a mic in my hand, but uh, simple rope. Uh, can you get me in the video? Sorry, it's a little unconventional. Okay, um, I know uh, we are fearful of our life. Like we said, you know, we had to take the precautions which we should do, right? But I just want to remind you of the a perspective that we're running towards. If this it represents eternity, but it doesn't, because it's never ending, but if it does, your whole life, even if you live up to 120 years, is maybe just a small, small part. A small, small part. Okay? So, so that should bring into perspective, uh, the worship team can come forward, perspective where your focus and efforts should be toward. But the second most important thing you got to remember is, sure, this is such a small part, but this small part determines your glory for all of eternity. So now if you realize that fact, that this little part, that every second that you have in this part determines your condition, your position, your privilege in that building, glorious building of God, now how would you prioritize your life? This is the perspective that Abraham had. That, oh my gosh, this little part, every second that I have, I might be a hundred, but it determines my eternity. That should change the perspective of your life. That's why when he received a son, 
that after waiting 25 years and then he was come to a, an older age and God asked him to uh, sacrifice the one thing he had waited for over 100 years old. I, very few people might be listening to me who are that old, right? None of us are. And waiting longer than that to receive a promise and then uh, has God asking to sacrifice it. Abraham didn't even think twice. He woke up early in the morning and went to the mountain. We know the story. And with the full force of his might, raised up the knife to the apex of his, of his reach. He didn't just try to uh, wiggle his way out of it. He reached the apex of his reach before he heard the voice of God. And he was able to examine himself and see where my priorities are, where is my focus. In this time that you're shut down in your house, are you willing to take the knife to the apex of your reach to cut down the things that are holding you away from God? Think about the things that are preventing you from spending time in the secret place of God, from reading the Word of God directly, not books about the Bible, not books about God, but reading the Word of God, digesting it, eating it as if it was food for sustenance. And spending time, this is the air we breathe, spending time in the presence of God. So take the knife to the apex of your reach and cut down the things that are stopping that from happening. And let us change our perspective back to eternity. And I guarantee you, we will come out of this no less than the first century Christian. May his name be glorified.